Welcome to our special weekly podcast, SME SOS. Each week I'll be sharing this additional podcast taken from my weekly live interviews on Instagram with industry leaders and founders, all of whom share their insights and advice for businesses navigating this unprecedented time of uncertainty, but also opportunity. My usual podcast, Conversations of Inspiration, is still coming out every Monday where I share soulful founder stories or those who simply inspire me. But thanks to Dell, we are able to continue creating this unique podcast for the small business community at a time where we need all the advice we can get. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down where we're going. You won't need to bring your frown. Welcome to SME SOS. This week I am welcoming two titans of industry, Mary Homer, CEO of The White Company, and Wayne Hemingway, MBE, designer and co-founder of Red or Dead and Hemingway Design. With a shared passion and knowledge in retail, Mary and Wayne imparted years of industry knowledge and expertise with us. I always feel so empowered to go out and change the world when speaking to our experts. Mary and Wayne seem to have two very distinct views on how we can ensure the future of bricks and mortar and the actions to take. The first being the responsibilities of brands and councils. And the second, was that the power of us as a consumer to make a stand and vote with our money. As both founders and also consumers, our responsibility is exceptionally high. So to my first guest, Mary Homer, the CEO of The White Company, which has an incredible 60 stores and 1,800 employees. And having spent 30 years at Topshop, Mary is an icon in the world of retail. So I was eager to hear her thoughts on what the future looks like, how she has used company culture in this crisis, and if we are really set to have a huge retail Christmas. Hello, Holly. Hello. You and I met on a panel with every woman and we were talking about COVID and what's happened. And you said that you'd never, ever worked harder in this period of time. And I, and I was saying the same. Can you just take us through what this period of time has been like? Well, I suppose, I mean, if I put a sort of umbrella over, I mean, the initial reaction was, you know, it was absolutely terrifying. And, you know, you were then, I suppose... The hardest thing was, I mean, we've got about 1,800 staff, and I suddenly had a workforce that was scared. So yes. obviously you've got, you want to manage your business to make sure they have got jobs and to try and protect them, but you're also dealing with what is an emotional situation, which, again, I haven't experienced in my time. You get, obviously you get occasional you know, emotional people, but your whole workforce looking to you to give them all the answers. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, terrifying. It's terrifying and also it sort of pushed businesses, didn't it, into this land of working remotely. What do you think this has made you do or the change in retail for you? Because I'm, I'm saying I don't think that we can come out of this period of time, would you agree, the same as we were going into it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, things have changed. I don't think it's a revolution in any aspect. Yeah. It is an evolution. And they say, wasn't it, um, 
five years of strategy in five months or transformation in five months. Yeah. Maybe not five years, maybe it's a slight exaggeration, but what it has done and from the good that's come out of it is accelerate things that were going to happen anyway. Yeah. So whether it is the sort of digital transformation, what you need, you know, how good your digital channel is, what really needs to happen with bricks and mortar, um, all of those aspects, depending on what your business is, I think it's just accelerated what you were going to do anyway. I mean, flexible working, take that. I mean, we've had real life lessons in what works and what doesn't work. So now we can do a balance and it's a hybrid of it. And the work-life balance for our staff is amazing. So yes. there's really good things that have come out, as well as I think the people side, um, even if you take what's happened relevant to your business and what you need to change. You know, we've, you know, we've learned so much and how we need to look after our staff, how we need to empower them, what makes them tick, you know, remote working, but also, you know, the inclusion, I think, the decision maker, we're far faster. You know, we always thought we were fast, we made decisions quickly, but actually we probably weren't slow. Um, so all of those things, I just think, have been super helpful and accelerated amongst, obviously, all the dreadfulness of COVID. Just to um, add to that, do you think a lot of businesses that I spoke to, the bigger businesses, um, and I'm talking about the sort of the Dells of the world and everything, well, they found that it, it, it's cut down the red tape. Oh, totally. And I mean, it's, you know, it is, you know, we, we would all sit there probably having far too many meetings, sitting and talking about things and never making decisions and whatever. And it absolutely, you know, we've had to say to people, what do you think? It's made it more inclusive. What do yep. you think? Get on and do it or come back and tell me you've done it or whatever. So that can only be good because we all thrive on it, don't we? You know, yeah. you want to be empowered, you want to make decisions and it's exciting. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mary, we've had some lovely comments. Dame Kelly Holmes, I love the white company. You ladies are amazing. Love, bless you. Thank oh my you. gosh, Kelly, it's so nice to know that you're here listening. We've got JP2018 Techno. I have become an online shopper, but the in-store experience cannot be replaced. I couldn't agree more. And thank you. We need people to go shopping. Yeah. And they are shopping. They absolutely are. Um, and I think that's what's been the interesting, because there is the, you know, the extreme is everyone's going to shop online. It's a bit like, you know, Watson in 1984. You know, I don't think we're going to be like that. We, we, we're human. We like socialising. We like being out and about. And, you know, there is something so important about being able to have a day out, go shopping, have mm. lunch, do whatever. And I think what we've seen since stores have opened is absolutely that. And it's, you know, obviously Music to My Ears obviously having 60 retail stores. But it is about experience. And it's yeah. very much that there has to be a purpose, there has to be a reason. And experience isn't just faddy stuff. It's actually the beautiful environment for what's relevant to your brand. And also that the service when you get there is amazing. And then people enjoy browsing. They might go back and shop online. They might store whatever. And there's nothing better than actually buying something and actually taking it home. Yeah. I mean, yes. The fun of that. I mean, sorry, I'm a shopper. I love it. But I'm a shopper. So I think that's really, really important. And just when you were talking, it, it, it led to two thoughts. One being, uh, you have a chain of stores, you, you've got the, your stores. 
they're actually potentially now going to want to reach the local customer even more. And the second thought was councils are going to have to pull their socks up when you think about, you know, those middle, you know, a small shop needs people to come to the town. So councils have to start to townscape, create a brand in a town. And from my experience, they're terrible at doing that. Yeah, totally agree. And those are the ones where you can see them already, even pre-COVID, that have fallen you know, off the radar completely, even areas where, where I live at home. They're falling off the radar because, as you say, the councils are just not, they don't get it. No, and, you know, and so there's other places for that community to go that is local. It's your next local market down the road that you'll go to. So, yeah, they've got to get their act together, totally. Yeah, they really do. And they've got the responsibility. And I, I just really feel that it's no longer can it just be, I don't know, they've got to have an entrepreneurial mindset. Towns need branding up they need a reason to go they have responsibility yeah. to the independents they have responsibility for humans to have a meeting point yeah. you know otherwise we're going to lose all of these things and we're going to be asleep at the wheel but certainly your team wasn't asleep at the wheel like on our every woman um a panel we were just talking about the fact that you know this unbelievable need for culture and i talk about it all the time and small businesses definitely potentially they have a small team might put culture at the bottom of the list you know it's never quite able to get to it but really for you i would say that culture in this pandemic is the thing that ignited everybody together to come together to basically do what has never been done before in your business. Oh yeah, I mean it's. I mean everyone has their culture, but I think the ones who had a stronger culture probably it was an easier journey. Why we were so successful is because we had a really strong one team to start with. Everybody rolled their sleeves up. There was, you know, as little emotion as possible. We had a job to do. Yeah. It didn't matter. It wasn't like whose jobs what. We just had to do it and that sort of one team inclusive we talked and we discussed fast made a decision and all cracked on and all helped whatever was needed to make the changes we needed to do and then with the teams it was very much about it was communication with them it was honesty it was openness i told them things they probably didn't want to hear but i explained why and i needed them to be with us on this journey. I've had tons of comments, I need to read them out to you. Booms and June, COVID has proven that organisational culture is so, is co-created and the responsibility of everyone. I love that thought, because it is, isn't it? We sometimes look to our bosses to create culture, but culture comes from everybody. Oh yes, totally. I mean, everyone knows what culture they want to, be part of yes and whether it's you know out of work in work whatever but you can't just sit there and expect everyone else to do it you have to be part of it at wouldn't wouldn't you love one christmas starts with the white company it's just said there that's that's a great advertising you know line there um i'm so excited about what is this christmas going to be like i, I think everyone's going to be wanting to make it a great one that's for sure uh, it is going to be amazing holly 100 <laughs> percent do you know, no, it really, really is going to be amazing. I, and I firmly believe it because I think we've had such a difficult six months. And, you know, Christmas is about your family and your friends. 
And I just think, whatever happens, whether we can have six people, and I hope the rumours that it is going to be more and whatever is, is true, but whatever it is, we are going to celebrate in style. And we're going to push, push the boat out. Our houses will look as good, if not even better. You're going to do everything even more special. In, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's fewer people or you have to do it in two or three batches or whatever. We're going to make it really, really special because it's just important to everybody now. So, yeah. and what's happening now with what, how people are shopping, oh my God, they've started. They're on that mission. They are. <laughs> they, I've started. And it's like, and I mean, I'm not a planner. I'm last minute. Even I am looking at baubles and Christmas trees and slippers and whatever. <laughs> That's not me at all. Because even though I work for Ikea, I'm worried I might not get it. <laughs> It's, it's, I think it's just going to be a phenomenal Christmas. Now, so tell me about the journey of women supporting women and you and Chrissy. So Chrissy founded this, am I right in saying that, for Prince's Trust? Yeah, so um, she took up the baton. They had, it's, a, it's a sort of, there'd been something sort of bubbling as it sort of disappeared. And then three years ago, she said, right, I am going to take you know, the ball by the horns and I'm going to make this happen. It is just about helping vulnerable um, people, but particularly girls. Because I always say, you know, we don't choose the life we were born into. And some of us are far more fortunate than others and everything else. So if we can help those more vulnerable people who have had a uh, you know, hard start in life, when you see their circumstances, you think, oh my God, you are far stronger than me. You know, and if they just get that helping hand, they go on to do such amazing things. Um, but it takes money. So that's I mean, the essence of it. And this is it. And for everyone listening, one of the other things that were, was happening was the Prince's Trust realised that there were far fewer women, girls, applying mm. for help than boys. These women, these disadvantaged girls, women need our help. And this is why you've got the brilliant breakfast, which is a fantastic idea. Um, I was just saying, I've posted quite a few times. Um, I'm now doing one with Sahar Hashimi. I'm jumping in. So anyone listening, I'm going to jump into as many breakfasts as I can if you donate an email hello at holly.co so if you start a breakfast and you email hello at holly.co i'm going to do my damnedest to jump into as many breakfasts i'm running a breakfast are you i'm assuming you're running a breakfast yeah and we're doing things we're doing things with our teams they can either do it with you know up to six do it remotely and you know for anyone if it just doesn't work at this time you know donate i mean nothing is too small or too large i mean it, everything will help you know whatever yes. whatever you're able to do you know it will be obviously very gratefully received and i've just got a few more comments before i let you go um the joy filled cup wow thank you i needed this today i mean what a lovely thing to say and crinkly cloths Think of what you want, not what you don't. Go forward, not back. I mean, what a lovely way to end our session. Can I, can I say one thing, Holly? Yes. I've got to mention, and I always do mention, overriding all of this through, if you sort of say, you know, what was the one thing, and it is a sense of humour. I think there is, there is all through this, whatever is going on, you know, you have to just remember, there, you have to relax and have a sense laugh. of humor and laugh at times.
Mary, bless you. I'm going to let you go. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you, no doubt, on some breakfast that I'll be going on. So I'll yes. see you there. Yeah, see you soon. Thank you Take so care, much. Take care, Mary. Bye. Bye. Women Supporting Women is such an incredible initiative and one that I feel so very privileged to play a part in as a patron. There is such strength in women lifting one another up. And when thinking about who to include in this week's episode, Jacqueline Gold, CEO of Anne Summers, was a must. Her story, her courage is honestly like nothing else I've heard before. I felt utterly inspired and honoured to be hearing her story and she will forever be a heroine of mine. Please, if you haven't heard this podcast, I urge you to. For now, though, I leave you with something a little different. Here are the inspirational words of Jacqueline as she shares a letter to her 12-year-old self. I want you to know everything is going to be okay and your life will turn around like nothing you could ever imagine. I understand that right now you are living in fear. You are lonely and you have no one to turn to. But believe me, you have so much resilience, courage and fight in you that you will grow up to achieve great things. Remember the many times you were left in danger and the dread of not knowing what might happen next. There seems no end to your trauma and despair. Even after running away from home, you were brought straight back again. And then there was the comment that you were so plain and unattractive, or when you were told you were so clumsy, you would knock over a pint of beer in the middle of a football pitch. Not to mention the slap around the face when it wasn't your fault. Continually making you feel so worthless. You went through your childhood always believing you were just not good enough. But how wrong you were, and so were they. You are sensitive and kind. You are creative and hardworking. And above all, you are stronger than anyone I know. A true warrior who will go on to inspire so many women who doubt themselves. At just 13, you will design crosswords for 50 pence a time, the start of your entrepreneurial journey. Just a decade later, you will begin to change the culture of this country, liberating women between the sheets, ultimately empowering women in the bedroom as well as the boardroom. You will face many challenges along the way, but every challenge will drive you further to achieving what you believe in. There will be the doubters, but you will prove them wrong. There will be the intimidators, but you will fight back. And there will be those that totally underestimate you and your determination to win through. And you will. You will always do things differently, but it's good to be different. You will always push back, but it's good to challenge. You will always speak up and it's good to put your stake firmly in the ground. There will be those that don't accept you, but there will be many more who love you for what you do. You are a disruptor and a trailblazer, and I love you for that. But now it is time to love yourself, believe in yourself, step outside your comfort zone, and follow your purpose. And I will be there waiting for you. 
After many years of mentoring small businesses and championing women founders, the imposter syndrome is something which comes up as a consistent reason as to why women are holding back from building their own businesses. Fueling this imposter syndrome is a fear of tech. And so together with Dell Technologies, we want to take the first steps in empowering women in business. So each week, I'll be giving away an award-winning Dell XPS laptop and lots of other small business goodies to cheerlead you on your journey. This week's winner is Kate Hansford from Daphne Rosa. She wrote, what would winning a laptop mean to me? Well, as a mum of two, one being just 10 weeks old, I spend my life juggling work and time with the small people. That often means squeezing in 10 minutes of making up boxes for orders while the oldest one does a puzzle, or 15 minutes writing Instagram captions on my phone while the littlest one feeds. I feel like I'm in a phase of my business where growth is on the horizon, possibly bad timing with the whole I have a newborn situation, but I'm passionate in believing that women should not be penalised for being the only one to be able to grow a human, that our careers and passions shouldn't have to be put on the back burner when we have children. I love running my business and I love my kids and I don't believe there needs to be fighting against each other. I want to inspire my children to see that there is another way to make a living and be fulfilled in life. Having a laptop to work remotely outside of the studio and around the children would be a total game changer in enabling me to live what I believe. To be able to write a blog post while feeding the baby or design my next newsletter would not only give me time to work on the strategic elements of my business that need to be in place to make the most of this phase, but would also mean I gain back quality time with the family, leaving my weekends free for adventures. So in short, you'd be giving me the opportunity to have a better work-life balance, to chase those big dreams I have for the business and to inspire other mums and women to realise that running a business around a family is not just possible, it's life-changing. No biggie. Well, I am thrilled to announce you as the winner this week, Kate. To follow Kate and her business, you can find her at Daphne Rosa Flowers. To follow Kate and her business, you can find her at Daphne Rosa Flowers. If you haven't yet entered, be quick. There is only one more laptop to be won. So to be in with that chance, all you have to do is simply email us in your story of why winning would change your business's journey. We want creative, soulful tales of how you want to be empowered to take the next steps. You can email us at techinabox at holly.co or for all other details on how to enter, head over to holly.co. Best of luck. The second guest I welcomed was Wayne Hemingway, MBE, designer and co-founder of Red or Dead and Hemingway Design. Wayne has the most incredible story and I'm sure many of you will have fond memories of Red or Dead from your teenage years. I know lots of people did on our live interview. Since he sold Red or Dead, 
twice, Wayne has gone on to put purpose and social regeneration projects at the very heart of his work. And he was such a fascinating founder that I am very excited to reveal that he is in fact Monday's guest on Conversations of Inspiration. He certainly tells it how it is. And I adored that about Wayne in this interview. His passion for doing good in the world, for fundamentally leading change and ultimately leaving a vast legacy underpinned this entire conversation. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good. So Wayne, I'm going to jump right in because thank you firstly for joining us. Thank you for taking the time out to help small businesses. So the world is moving very fast, obviously, at the moment. We're in this COVID period of our lives. Um, The sort of dinosaurs of the high street are dying off. Is the high street, if fingers crossed, you know, once the government gets their act together, going to become more independent? Can I stop you? Can I stop you there? Because... Yes, it's partly to do with the government, because funding is important, but it's down to us. Well, I talk about business rates and things like that. Do you understand that there's certain things that become prohibitive in certain areas? This gets a bit technical now, but because now lawyers are going to be able to prove that rents are too high, um, because, because footfall is down and trade is down, so you'll be able to negotiate. It'll start with all the big retailers, you know, the multiples like Timson's and... Yes. and Greg's and everything like that, they will all negotiate rents down. I'm sure that they're working. Well, they are working on it now. We know that. And once the rents come down, the rates have to follow. The government can speed that up, though, so you're right. But, but we, are, we are causing that now. But by not going out and, and, and buying stuff that we don't need, which is really important, you know, that we don't need the likes of dividends. We don't need all, all of those repetitive, repetitive stores. And we've got a new generation who are going out there and voting with their feet and their wallets. They're not, they're not opening the shops like that. And that's creating space. When we moved to London, and this is a fact that never gets talked about, when we moved to London in 1979, you could, you could rent shops. Our first shop in a busy part of Soho was £18 a week. And then our second shop on Neil Street in Covent Garden, and anybody who's been to London will know Neil Street, was £60 yes. a week. And the reason why, the reason why was really simple. London had lost two and a half million people. They'd moved out since the 1950s and London was down to a population of six and a half million. Uh, and, 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 and people had stopped shopping as much in London and it created, and it created this space. We, we are in a situation now where maybe not on that scale, but on, 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 on a scale that will approach that, where we're in a similar situation. And, and, the, and when that happens, there, is, there was a burst of independent Excited. Yeah. So the like Paul Smith, Virgin Records, uh, Vivian Westwood. I could, I could go on and on and on and on of all these people who came from working class backgrounds who were all suddenly you didn't need um, the bank of mum and dad or a silver spoon in your mouth to get going because you, all you needed was a bit, a bit of cash to get going. A and bit I of think cash are, to get going. I think we are on a move back to that. But we've got, the public have got to support the independent. You know, we've got to make yes. that choice. We've got to think about our own actions. Our power is more powerful than a government's power, but we do need the government to support us. Sorry, that was a bit of yeah. a rant. Oh my God, it is like the rant of my dreams. I love it. I've got so many comments. I want you just to hear some of these coming in. Anna Brand Stories Moss, Red or Dead and American Classics in Covent Garden, hoping to bump into Bros, Matt or Luke. 
We've got Gift It With Love, amazing Wayne, what a story. Lee Halliday, a one, communities behind power for change is so important. The community is going wild, literally that's half the comments. I just wanted to ask you, so after Red and Dead, uh, Red or Dead, you have gone on to basically have this most amazing varied career, but at the heart of all your new work is social impact and design. And for instance, in 2012, you and Geraldine um, and the Hemingway design team, you were appointed as designers for the historic um, disused dreamland in Margate. Now, this is just the most phenomenal story. Yeah, I mean, Red or Dead was always very purposeful and political. And, you know, we were designing for Greenpeace. We were, every single catwalk show had a message about it. We, we were the first to start making our collections in, in prisons in the UK for, for, for all sorts of social reasons. And, 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 but, we, but we wanted to do other things. We were, and other things start to become important. The, the politics yeah. of housing, the, the politics of social justice. And, and to be honest, you know, the stuff that we've done since is far more impactful for humanity. And we do do some very large affordable housing developments. The, the, the urban regeneration that we do, the coastal regeneration, working in towns like Margate, Lowestoft, Morecambe, Constanton, and the values of making sure that, you know, my mum always said that your job, your job on this earth, the main thing you should always try and do is to leave this world a better place than you found it. And, that's, and, and that sticks with me. And, that, and, and Geraldine's family, exactly the same. They were, you know, pillars of the local church, always, always, if somebody wanted something fixed, Geraldine's dad would do it. And it, and it was always that community spirit. And we knew that if we, if we held that through everything that we, we did, you, you, we only ever deliver, when we deliver the, the, the impact that we've been delivering, in, whether it's, you know, the, the story of Dreamland is amazing, but it, but it, but it, we, it was the community of, of Margate and the Dreamland that delivered that. And we were, we were just there as the curators, really. Yes. But it's because, I think it's because we are, we can, we can understand where people come from and, are, and we stayed absolutely true to our roots. And I'm so glad that, that, that that's how we've stayed. And I think that's helped us to, to deliver all these projects and deliver them with an understanding that's community-led. It does. And, you know, you are phenomenal. And you, you've gone on to also, um, in addition to everything you're talking about, I'd love you to talk about the Good Business Festival. Right, well... You'd be idiotic now if you were a business person and you were not thinking about societal benefit and purpose. Because there's a whole generation, not just the, not just the Greta generation, who are, the, who are going to be the strongest generation who are thinking about purpose and, and societal benefit, but all the way through to millennials now and, and older ones like me. What, what's happened is we've got three generations now who are worse off than their parents. And that's the first time that's ever happened. And so... The new consumer is really thinking about what they buy, where they buy, and when they buy it. And now people are starting to think about, as well as governments having to do things for them, business has also got a duty. You, you cannot now have a business and just think about shareholder value or about the bottom line. You have to make a profit or else you're toast, aren't you? But now you have, you have to think about, okay, I'm making that, but also I'm benefiting my customers, society, and there's never been a festival to celebrate that movement. And it's a world movement, you know. It, this is mainstream. This is not niche anymore. And, and, and so now it's time to have a mainstream festival where you can learn about it, where you can hear from people who are doing it, 
where you can discuss it. Yeah, and, 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 then, and then once you've signed up, it'll let you watch it at your leisure in the weeks ahead as well. Um, I've got a few more comments, Wayne, that I know you're going to like to hear. We read Upcycles, Conscious Buying, Absolutely, Purchase with Purpose. Super looper life. Leaving the world better than you find it is such a powerful way to go. I feel that if you live and work with purpose, life is so much better in all ways. You, I mean, how much love? It just keeps on coming in. I'm literally, I could just sit here for half an hour just talking about the love that's coming out this screen for you. But you've been fantastic. And uh, this community wants to thank you because there's uh, literally so much love. I'm going to email you with even more comments about you. Okay, doc. See you later. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. It can feel at this time like we have so little control. But as Wayne so eloquently said, or perhaps I should credit his mother with this, we should all be leaving the world in a better place than we found it. It's why I was so thrilled to be asked to be an ambassador for the Good Business Festival. The event itself was brilliant and I know it will just grow and grow into leading the global movement. And I felt huge imposter syndrome to be amongst such incredible names, such as Sir Tim Smith and Richard Curtis. But what an honour. My panel with Thomasina Myers, founder of Oaxaca, and Paul Falcon, the co-founder of Gandhi's, is now available to watch online, along with all the other brilliant films and conversations shared. Just search The Good Business Festival. When I first started thinking about building Holly & Co in my bedroom with my co-founders, Carrie and Gabby, we all found ourselves a little lost, a little unsure of the next direction, but certain that whatever we were going to build, it would be something that made us deeply happy. You might have seen on my stories over the weekend that I was reduced to tears from the kind comments of this community. The outpouring of love and connection was just so pure and supportive. It's difficult to be so honest sometimes. As a mother, founder, leader, you expected to keep it all together, to keep the ship running, to keep everyone energised and positive. I am, after all, known as Hurricane Holly. But this weekend, before the madness of Christmas hits and we all find ourselves in a bit of a manic whirlwind, I took a moment to soak in what Carrie, Gabby and myself have built and how far we have come from five years ago in my bedroom. I share this because I'm urging you too to take a moment. Not only will you be listening to this whilst running your business, and I have no doubt right at this very moment, you'll be also responding to a PTA message, doing a food shop or keeping an eye on the clock so you're not late to collect the kids. But I want to remind you that what you are creating is incredible. As Wayne and Mary have shared today, you have the power to change the world, to make this place a little better, a little kinder, a little fairer. Yes, you, with your business idea, sat in your bedroom, making and creating. As I mentioned earlier, Wayne Hemingway will be joining me on Conversations of Inspiration on Monday. And next week will mark the last episode of SME SOS, the podcast. Can you believe they started eight months ago? So on that note, it's my weekly ask of you. If you love this podcast, 
please spread the word and share with your friends, count the founder stories with your family, like, comment and review on iTunes. It all helps us to help more founders navigate their own journey and it helps me bring you inspiring stories. I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you, Del, for helping us bring this free podcast to life. And if you want to hear all about the latest experts joining me, follow me on Instagram at Holly Tucker and sign up to my weekly email or head to holly.co to find out more. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. You will find that all the things that I have said will come to when you are lying in your bed. And if you want your friends to come